Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Honest Vibes Only. The trio is back, and today we are filming our first episode uh, officially for this project. So you guys know uh, quite a bit about me and my backstory, um, but you guys might not be as familiar with Kevin or Keaton's uh, story and their journey with chess. So today I thought I'd let them kind of take over and kind of uh, talk to you guys about their experience with chess um, and their journeys and their parallels between life and chess that they faced uh, while being in this uh, kind of sphere. So take it away, guys. Sounds good. You you want to go first, uh, Katie? Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll I can uh, handle the challenge. No, but uh, <laughs> no. Thanks for the uh, intro, Davina, and uh, we'll see how this goes. But um, yeah, the um, just in terms of like chess and having an impact on my life, like I went from zero contact with the chess world to all of a sudden discovering it after watching this amazing TV show and um, just found myself wanting to learn more and more. Like my first ever experience with chess was trying to play it when I was eight years old against my brother, who's five and a half years older than me. And then against my dad and both of them took no mercy. So <laughs> I just lost like a hundred games. And then I was like, I never want to touch this ever again. So that's why it took until age 26 or whatever it was uh for me to re-spark that interest and being basically a beginner at an adult age um it was really exciting because i got to basically open a completely new book and just start learning right and how many times can you say in your late 20s that you're doing something completely new and developing an entirely new skill right and that was very exciting but uh, what I found was that eventually, you know, beginners, they, they eventually run into resistance. And uh, that resistance can look like a rating plateau in chess or uh, just a lot of losses in general. So the one thing that kind of resonated with me as I reflect on my chess journey um, in comparison to how it fits into the rest of my life is that uh, it just requires a lot of resilience. So a lot of resilience and a lot of learning. Um, quite literally, that's how I chose my content name, KD Learns, is because uh, I know that I'm going to fail a lot and I am okay with that because every failure is an opportunity to learn. And when you live life, like you, you have to accept that you are going to fail at times, right? Obviously, failing is not the goal, but... That is just a fact of life you have to accept and to do your best. And every time you run into those roadblocks, you find a way to continue forward. Um, and, you know, it's definitely not easy. Um, as we kind of talked about in the, in the first in the, in the intro of the last episode, um, you know, mental health plays a big role in this. And I kind of parallel what I expect my chest journey to look like with my 20 plus years of playing tennis um i was a collegiate tennis player so i played on a college tennis team and you know when when you have other people depending on you and you devote 20 30 plus hours a week into this one sport uh you expect to be at least functional at it <laughs> and um and then when you are going and playing uh, a team match and it you know the whole match for the team comes down to your court 
uh, there's a lot of pressure, right? And whether um, whether you win or lose, you know, you're going to be on either side of it. I'm pretty sure I was on both sides, winning and losing that final match, fifty fifty of the time. So, and you know, KD, I think usually in chess we don't have that kind of pressure. Most of the time, we're just playing for ourselves. Right, right. But at the same time, um, in chess, there can still be a lot of eyes on you. And, um, you know, sometimes there's team events, but usually it's individual. And if you're a person that likes to um, hang out in the online chess community, well, your account is public. So people can even see your your games or um, if you're playing in a sub battle for some streamer, like, you know, there's some extent there are going to be like moments where your chess is public. But whether it's public or it's just your friends or your parents or or anyone um, that can see your chess, it's still putting something out there for others to view, right? Definitely. And yeah, there, there's not much privacy in the chess world. Right. <laughs> and sometimes, right. like, the pressure you put on yourself can be equivalent to, like, a whole team's worth of pressure. Like, because, yes. you know, sometimes we're playing for, like, a really big tournament. It's like the final game or... You know, we're in a big game, but there's time pressure and we're trying to convert or we're trying to hold on. So, like, there's a lot of different forms of pressure uh, as well. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, and I guess the the, the parallel is that, um, you know, in those critical moments when there's time pressure or there's just pressure on the board from your opponent, you know, it's OK to crack every now and then. Right. Or it's OK to crack plenty of times, because when you do crack you you learn from it and and you you have to be constructive right um and i think that's something that i do more with my chess now than i did with tennis <laughs> because in college one of those times when i did lose that deciding match um it was at 3 a.m like the, the tennis match started at 9 p.m it was just an absolute war and i lost for the team at 3 a.m and it was heartbreaking i mean i had I was basically um, so defeated by that loss that I could not be functional on the tennis court for the rest of the season. So I got pulled from the lineup and, you know, from my 20 year old self, I I just viewed like my tennis career as destroyed and everything was just ruined. And I even wanted to just quit entirely. So, um, you know, fortunately I found some strength in my teammates and, and, uh, just for the joy of the sport that I made it through that time. But it was definitely a dark time. And um, there are a lot of challenges just basically trying to convince myself it was okay. It's in the past and we can move forward. And, you know, with with chess, I haven't reached that point of critical uh, criticality yet where, you know, I've invested so, so much into it where um, I feel that crazy amount of pressure. But as someone that likes to get better at things, <laughs> which I think is everyone in the world. Um, you know, I, I I did get frustrated when I was hitting that rating plateau and it was like, okay, either I can just stop or I can, you know, start thinking critically, you know, consult friends like Keaton and, uh, and some other friends that were better at chess than me and, um, and find a way forward. And I think um, that I think the message, at least for me, tennis my teammates really helped me through a dark time for chess even the 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 challenges i've faced so far with the rating plateau keaton and other friends have really helped me uh finally break through it recently so 
um, yeah, I think it's just really important that to acknowledge that there will be hard times and um, it's okay. And you can leverage the fact that you're not actually alone, even though chess is an individual sport. There are friends, there are are resources that can help you um, enjoy your time and and enjoy the journey and hopefully make a little bit of progress and learn a little bit something new along the way. Wow. I love that, Kitty. That's that's a beautiful message. And um, if I can, I I want to um, kind kind of run from there a little bit with with what you were were just saying about um, shortcomings and about failure. And I think a little bit further back, you you said it's like, well, well, obviously you don't want to fail. So that really spoke to me with regard to an important lesson that I've been learning recently. And that is exactly how do you handle and balance failure, basically, or or just um, when, when life doesn't go your way. When, when, when things just don't go the way you want, when, when you're having a tough go of it, because so you, so you mentioned, well, obviously we, we don't want that, right? We don't try for failure, but yet we, we find the good in it and we, we have to, to move forward. We, we have to be able to find the good in what we see as bad, because that's what gives us resilience. And I think recently within myself, I've started to incorporate this lesson a little more. And the way I've been doing it is trying to find gratitude within myself for the good and the bad. Because the good is good. But the bad can also be good. Because what we see as negative it purifies something within us. It makes us stronger. It makes us better. It makes us more resilient. I've come to believe that a life devoid of challenges isn't really a life worth living. I used to think I just wanted an easy life, that I just wanted a comfortable life. But then I realized there's really no such thing. No matter how good your life is, no matter how much you think you have it made, the nature of life is impermanence. Change is constant. And struggle is always going to be part of life. So the the balance that I found is you don't want bad things to happen. But when they do, when you do fail, what you can do is you can have gratitude for the positive impact that that failure can have on you. And you can embrace that rather than fight it and allow it to do its work, allow it to help you. I think a key lesson that's that's helped me to look at failure in that way is this moment is inevitable, but the next moment is not. So mm. no matter what's happening right now in this moment, it can't be any other way. So anytime we resist it, all we're going to do is create suffering within ourselves. So we always have to accept this moment. We always should accept this moment. But that doesn't mean that things have to be this way in the next moment. If there are things that should be changed, they can be changed. If there are things that should be done differently, 
they can be done differently. The next moment can be better. And it will be because every every moment is temporary. Change is a constant. But I think the key is to really embrace the current moment for exactly what it is. And I do believe that what creates so much suffering in people is resistance to the current moment. And I think that's yeah. kind of like really paralleled to like a chess game, you know, in a, in a chess game, in a moment, it can be fine. You know, you calculate your moves, you play a move and instantly it could be a blunder. And it's kind of like, well, do you give up on the game there? How bad is the blunder? Can you recover mm-hmm. from it? Do you keep pushing? Right. There's so many games out there where people just blunder so badly and they make a comeback. Right. And you keep pushing until the end. And sometimes you're completely winning. And in time pressure, all it takes is one move and maybe a title slips out of your hands or winning a tournament slips out of your hands. I think he and I have been in that position um, a lot of times. (laughs) Too many times. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it's heartbreaking, Um, but it's kind of how you move on from that, what you take from it and how you improve. And at the end of the day, step back and realize that it happened. I can't change it, but what do I do? Like, do I give up or do I keep pushing? And I think similar to what um, Kevin said, having that support group is really important. And um, I'm hoping that we all can be kind of a support group um, for the chess community as well and help everyone kind of come together because I grew up playing my whole childhood um, and I never really had a support group. Like as an adult now, I find it's much easier um, especially being someone in the content creation worlds and in the chess world. But back then when I was a kid, I always felt like there was a lot of competition between kids, even if we wanted to be friends. Um, and that could either be just because we knew we had to perform or, you know, external pressure from parents and stuff. And sometimes it kind of made it hard to recover mentally from a really tough tournament or like a title slipping out of my hands um, that happened a lot of times. Um, and it kind of made it hard to bounce back just because of the lack of support um, back then. So, yeah. And, and you know, we, uh, I, I, yeah, very well said to me, 100% agree. Oh, I got into chess as a kid growing up in Nebraska. And this was, you know, pre computer era so i was um you know studying studying chess you know as best i could with books and coaches and that kind of thing um when i got to be a pretty serious intermediate level player i started taking lessons over the phone with a uh, russian grandmaster who had recently moved to new york grandmaster miran Shear, who was um just an amazing coach but what was funny is, you know, there was no Skype, no Zoom, <laughs> not, not even, you know, Internet chess club or cell phones. We were literally using a landline and a chessboard. That that was how we did our lessons. And you guys had just talked about chess being a universal language, being a connector. I mean, is there any better example than, you know, here I am, a 13-year-old kid, you know, working with a, a Russian grandmaster who barely <laughs> speaks English over the phone. And somehow, when we talked about chess, our communication was perfect. We we really understood each other. And I have a question: If you're doing lessons over the phone, but no video, right? You're just no using video. a chessboard. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was was there ever a time or many times when he was just spouting out moves, and you just couldn't you couldn't move the pieces fast enough, so you're just forced to visualize, or probably. Okay. Yeah, pro- probably so. 
It's crazy, like in this modern day, how many resources are out there? And it's crazy. Yeah. You talk about the beginning of your story, and I'm like, oh my God, I can't imagine learning like that now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I guess we did because it was, you know, (laughs) it was the way to do it. And I enjoyed it. I, I loved it. But yeah, compared to, to how things are now, it's it's absolutely crazy. I mean, um, wildly but, impressive, to say the least, though. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, you know, I always had within me a deep, a deep passion for chess. And I think anything that we're passionate about, you know, our passion always keeps us going. So love yeah. that. Um, so yeah, I made, I think, chess expert at 14, master at 16. I was a many-time Nebraska state champion and scholastic national champion. I got a scholarship, a chess scholarship to uh, the University of Texas at Dallas, where I went to college, and that was a wonderful experience. I played on the the chess team there, and I studied psychology. So that that was kind of my introduction to the the world of psychology and mental health and trying to understand life and people that that kind of thing i also played a, a lot of poker in college so i was very very um, like interested in reading people and and that kind of thing also and then after i graduated with my psychology degree i actually went right into chess instruction and i've been a a full-time chess player and instructor ever since then. And that was also around the time I got on a spiritual path and I discovered meditation and got very interested in philosophy and and that kind of thing and spirituality. And ever since then, over the last 10 to 15 years, that's really blossomed and taken off in very many interesting directions. And, um, so that that's kind of been what my life has been about is uh, is chess and and spirituality and meditation and finding myself and knowing myself more and more deeply and using my experience and everything that I have to try to do my best to to help other people. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, I. I've actually known you for quite some time because that's true. Yeah, we knew each other in Dallas when exactly. you were a little kid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would I would see him like a lot of times at the chess club there, at like the bigger tournaments around there. And I I was not much of a talker. Um, yeah, but you, I were, you were you. quite shy. I remember <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny. It's just funny how time flies. Um, that is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Did you two ever play any casual games at the chess club by any chance? I think um, we did play in a tournament one time when you were really young. We might have. I played your students a lot more, though. <laughs> you played? Oh, you played my yeah. students all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I've seen so many of your games against my various students. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I love I that think, reaction. I, oh, I think no. you. I think you usually beat them most of the time. <laughs> oh, man, that's that's just funny. Um, but that's a that's an awesome story, though awesome story and what you studied in college and you know some of your passions today um it definitely seems like they play in hand with helping you in your chess uh career as well in terms for sure of like, yeah i know. think everything's interrelated in that yeah way. for sure that's awesome that's awesome um but you guys kind of know about me i played chess competitively um until i was about 17 or 18 i started when i was around eight or nine 
Um, and I tended to just play in in Dallas, um, in the Dallas area, and sometimes I would travel out and about. Um, but I was I remember I was playing tournaments kind of literally every single weekend. Um, and I was very burnt out. Um, and I, I think that for me, um, the biggest thing was just the parental pressure that kind of caused me to slowly lose my love of the game because um, I was actually, I would be hurt whenever I would lose if it was like an important loss, you know. Um, but I think thankfully I was able to help myself understand that I'm going to lose a lot in this super long journey, right? Um, and it's not that I had an endpoint, right? But I just knew that as long as I played chess, there were going to be a lot of games that I lost. Um, and the ones that hurt more, I could slowly bounce back from. Um, but I think just the external pressure made it a lot worse uh, for me as well. So I have a lot of experience um, when it comes to that kind of field. But returning to chess as an adult and being back in the chess world as a career full time the past two years, I've definitely learned to love the game in a different way than when I had originally started the game. And I'm able to find a lot of beauty in it in different ways that was kind of clouded for me back when I was a kid just because of things that I couldn't really control. Um, so I, I'm definitely happy to be here. To rediscover something in yeah. that way, something that you that you loved and were passionate about, and then you put away, you know, for a little bit of time. And then when you go through that process of of a rediscovery, there's something very powerful about that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And like chess has most definitely taught me to be resilient, you know, to keep fighting and to, in a way, also not act um, immediately or react immediately to certain things. Um, because, you know, when you're playing a game, you and you're like, oh, no, I blundered or, oh, I see this, I see this. But no, you have to, you know, sit down, calculate it, figure out how extreme it is, how you want to respond to it. And I think I I used to not be super great at that. But now that I've come back into the chess world and have a whole new perspective on it i'm able to apply that to my life and you know um hopefully improve myself every day so that's wonderful yeah <laughs> i i really like uh taking what keaton said earlier and like running in that parallel to what you were saying like when you make that blunder um whenever we fail we have a choice right like we can fail again and blunder more or we can you know, reassess and, and try to try to move forward. And I, I love what Keaton was saying about the impermanence because, you know, in that moment, it's inevitable that the, the past is the past and, and we have to move forward, right? And that it seems like that's what resilience is all about. Like you, it's just how do you move forward in the most productive and uh, productive way, right? Agreed. <laughs> Actually, yeah, absolutely. Kind of like fall down seven times, get up eight. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, it just made me think of um, I had a viewer one time who had this funny quote and um, we were talking about losses in chess and he was like, yeah, it's 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 funny because to fail is to learn. <laughs> so it's just like, a you know, but but to Keaton's point, it's a choice to learn, not an automatic learning point it's a active decision to treat it as a good that you see in the bad it is a choice and i think life tends to give us the same opportunities until we 
grow and until we we learn from them and transcend them. Lessons tend to repeat, you know, until until we get the point. Oh yeah, right. that's just like me with falling for opening tricks all the time. <laughs> I, there's like a certain line that I still don't learn, and no matter how many times I blunder against it, I'll get to it one day. You know, <laughs> I'll learn the line one day. <laughs> Life and chess parallels. See, it's the, the universe is very very patient with us. It, it can just keep <laughs> dishing out those lessons until we get it. <laughs> right. Totally agreed. Um, but yeah, that's kind of about the backstory to Keaton and Katie. So again, like I said in the uh, intro, um, we're all from completely different paths of life, completely different experiences with chess. Um, yet here we are being able to relate to each other in, in many ways and be able to build on each other's experiences. And um, we're also, you know, all different ages as well. And we can all relate uh, to this beautiful game. So kind of the goal with this podcast uh, as well so well said and it's um i'm honored to to be here doing doing this work with you guys yeah and it's an absolute blast i mean it's, i was just having a ton of fun talking about this and um also just sharing experiences and um yeah hopefully helping others relate to uh our stories and kind of use our our blunders both <laughs> in chess and in real life to their benefit so that we failed so that everyone else can learn <laughs> exactly you might have to change your name to kd fails after this <laughs> exactly <laughs> um but yeah you guys uh now know kind of the purpose and our vision with this podcast you guys know about me you guys know about katie you guys know about keaton now um and yeah in the future we'll be diving into uh, more kind of specific topics and um going more into depth um but yeah i hope you guys uh enjoyed learning more about us hopefully you guys were able to relate to either of us or all of us in in your different ways um and again feedback is super helpful uh for any future episode so we really hope that you guys enjoyed listening and thank you uh for your time to the listeners and to you guys again <laughs>